This is HPR episode 2148 entitled The DSO-138 Oscillosc Kit Part 2. It is hosted by Anibil and is about 13 minutes long. The summary is, in this episode Anibil talks about finishing the DSO-138 Oscilloscope Kit. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is NY Bill, and I thought I'd do an HPR, a little follow-up to an earlier HPR I did, because I know Ken is curious if I ever got this little scope working. This is a follow-up to the, uh, well, it was the SaneSmart DSO-138 kit, a little scope kit. I haven't played with it, like, since I did that HPR. It's just sometimes I get into projects, and I'm looking at, like, four of them on the desk right now, so... They just get put aside, and then whenever I get back around to it, I get back around to it. So it's been months since I played with this thing. What brought it around to me playing around with it again was I got to thinking, if you listen to the previous episode, you'll see that uh, JYE Tech says that they are the original makers of the board, and that Saint Smart had copied them or pirated them. So one day I was on Amazon, I forget what I was doing, and this is how some of these projects go for me. I'm clicking around on something, and before you know it, I've ordered something. I saw the JYE DSO-138 scope kit on Amazon for $22, and I said to myself, you know what, I'll just get this. I'll put the original JYE Tech scope together, solder that up, and if I get that working... I'll be able to use that as a reference and go back and forth to the same smart one and look at voltage and, you know, check different points on the board and see if I can see the discrepancy between the two as to why the same smart scope is sending the trace, slamming it right to the top. So I did build the JYE, the red board. It's off to my left here. And then I was messing around looking at that one to the same smart board. And I found a bad solder joint on J4, so jumper four. What you do is you build up this board and then you go and you test little points, you know, here and there, and they tell you how much voltage you should have at each point. And if all of that looks good, then you short out J4. And what that does is it sends power to the main chip. Because if you got something going wrong in the power supply area, you don't want to send nine volts to this little, uh, this little brain here, the, the CPU inside it, because you'll just fry the thing. So way back when, I soldered that up. I don't know if it was a dry joint or a partial joint. or, But anyways, I undid it, and then I wanted to check voltages again. When I undid, when I unsoldered that J4, I noticed the, like, the board was damaged and like the pad had lifted. So I had too much heat there for too long, way back in the past. I don't know if it was making a partial connection. It must have been, because... 
the screen would go to the boot screen. So it must have been sending the three volts. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. I fixed that with a little bit of little piece of wire. Some people call it a bodge, but that's the only way I had no pad left. So I just had to put a little piece of wire in there to make the connection between J4. The other thing that happened with this board is if you listen to the previous episode, I mixed up, what was it? I think a 1K and a 1 meg resistor. Let me look quick. 1K. 1K and a 10K. I think that's what I had. I, I had those mixed up on the board. A 1K and a, 110, yeah. a 1K and a 10K resistor. I had fixed that way back when, and then I just never really messed around with this board again. So here's what it kind of turns out, what I think might have happened. Plus, I checked other solder joints. I, I checked over this whole thing. I don't know if when I had the 1K and the 10K resistors mixed up and I sent power out to this thing, it slammed that trace right up and thought that was its original calibration. You know, I got the wrong resistors in the wrong spot and that was its first boot up and it thinks, okay, this is the way I'm supposed to run and bam, it was slammed up to the top. Way back when I fixed those resistors, I haven't messed around with the board again. Today, I fixed that J4 or I did the J4 a little better. And then I was taking the uh, the JYE Tech, the red board. I was taking that one's screen and put it into the black Sane Smart, see if it was a screen problem, swapping those back and forth. The screen looked good. The boot sequence looked good. The trace still slammed to the very top of the scope. So what I did was I just started playing with the buttons and just running them to their extremes. I was just trying to bring like the trigger level as down as low as I could, the trace level down as low as I could. And I must have held like the trace level for like a good minute. And it just went down, 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 down. Never came into the screen area, but you can see the arrow on the left-hand side going down, down. And then it looked like it went to the top again. So it's almost like I got to like the bottom of a page of memory. And then it comes back up to the top of the screen. And then I go down, 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 down. And I click on the voltage selector. And then all of a sudden I see the bottom of a square wave. Just up at the top of the screen. Just the very bottom. So I just keep holding that that button down again and slowly here comes the square wave down into the screen. So it was either through error of mine playing with these buttons way back when, when I wasn't really sure how to use it, you know, I just turned it on and started pressing buttons. Or I had that uh, the 1K and the 10K mixed up and it got a false calibration way back when. In any case, here I have it in front of me or, well, I'll tell you how I have it in front of me in a minute. I had it in front of me 20 minutes ago, sitting there on the bench working. I was, I was like shocked and happy at the same time. Then I start thinking, oh man, where the heck was Acefear's, uh <laughs> He 3D printed me a case and buttons and it's been so long, I don't even know where that Ziploc bag was. So I look all over the computer room and then finally I remember I put it in a shoebox. I found the shoebox underneath the desk here, got out all the parts. And if you look at the pictures, for this episode, you will see me slowly putting this kit into Acefear's 3D printed uh, case. Uh, it fits quite nicely, actually. The screen is slightly crooked, but that might just be... That could have been like how I soldered that or something, but it, it looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you can look at the pictures of me putting it together. If you ever get this kit and then you do this 3D print, 
The only tricky part was uh, getting the up down, the, the, the left switch buttons, and then on the right, the up down and the select. I couldn't get them all in at one time because some of them want to be on the board and some of them want to be in the case. The uh, fix I found for that was to put some electric tape over on the sliders, the selectors, and then just stick them into the case. So then I could hold the case in any direction I want and those buttons would stick. I put the selector buttons, selector switch knobs on the switches and then I lowered the case, if that makes any sense at all, lowered the case onto the board, uh, flip it over. And then I noticed on the left-hand side, which I wasn't aware of this when he 3D, 3D printed this, there was a big space on the left-hand side. Well, looking from the back on the left-hand side, and I start thinking, hey, that looks big enough for a 9-volt. So I went to the closet. I got a 9-volt. And sure enough, a 9-volt fits in there. And then I start looking up at the top. So what's all this business here with like a hole and then another hole? And then there's like a little ring printed in the top. And it dawns on me, this must be for a switch, for an on-off switch. So there's a way to get this kit, stick it into this 3D print, and make a fully portable unit. You don't have to carry around a wall wart 9-volt transformer with you. Throw a 9-volt battery in there, mount the switch, and that's exactly what I've done here. I'm holding it in front of me. You can see pictures of this. You can see pictures of me putting the 9-volt uh, the connection on and going up to the switch, which is actually a really old switch from a Kramer Focus 3000. Does anybody remember Kramer Focus, like from the 80s, the Stratocaster knockoff? This was a switch. I went down in the basement and found it. It was on the pick guard, and it would select, I think it was, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember this guitar. It was ages ago, back when, like, the original Floyd Roses. I'm getting a little off topic, but this switch was a selector switch, so when you're down in the humbucker at the bridge position, you could coil tap it. You could run it just like a regular Strat. You're just using one coil on the pickup, or you flip this switch, and then you get the full humbucker like a Les Paul. Anyways, I remembered this switch was down there from like 30 years ago and I go down and it's the exact switch that fits in this little hole and I soldered it all up, put the 9 volt in there, run the wires. They even have a little slit from where the battery compartment is over into the main board so you can run your uh, 9 volt leads through that little slit. I put a little uh, hot glue there to hold those down and actually there's another related guitar thing. The back went onto this thing to hold it all together and there was no screws so I went downstairs and I got four pick guard screws so this has a few guitar parts in it but anyways you can take a look at the pictures if you'd like it's running I'm holding it in my hand right now I uh, go up to the calibration it, the calibration loop actually hangs out of the top of it the uh, there's two capacitor like trim pots and you do have access to them through the front of the case and that uh, helps with correction if you've got a square wave and you're overshooting or undershooting the square wave on the front of the back there's your trim pots to uh, calibrate your probe so to speak and uh, the trigger light shines through the front the LED to show if you're triggered and when you're triggering and then you have an opening in the front of the case for reset so it's been a long project not that it took a long time but it was a long time in the making but here it is. Uh, Ken will be happy that I've brought this to a conclusion because I know he's been wondering if this ever, ever worked. It did, Ken. And it wasn't as bad as you think. Get one. Okay, that was just a quick HPR. And uh, I just wanted to add some closure to this. And 
show a picture of the thing running. And if you get the inspiration to try one of these kits yourself or any other electronics kits, uh, do an episode on it and let us know how it went. If anybody wants to shoot me an email, I'm nybill at gunmonkeynet.net. I'm still kicking around on GNU Social, even though it seems like it's scattered these days because some instances have stopped talking to others and some update broke this and that, and it's getting a little weird. Hopefully they'll resolve all that. Uh, yeah, I just did it again. I'm saying hopefully they, I should get involved in it as well instead of just complaining. However, I am nybill at sn.gunmonkeynet.net. And you can always uh, add a comment in the comment section of HPR if you'd like. I will talk to you guys next time I break a kit and fix it again. See you later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.